You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but I'm not that Matt Smith because I'm not quitting. Uh. <laughs> and we're from MindRiver.net, the home side of MindRiver Productions, uh, where we talk about all the things on podcasts, like this one, The Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Doctor Who, The Mind Robbers Versus, where we pick a show we love and talk about it episodically. Uh, currently, we're alternating between Superman the Animated Series and Batman the Animated Series. Very, very shortly, we'll be getting into Batman Beyond. And then uh, also, uh, that's where you're going to want to go if you want to hear our thoughts on on the movies coming out this summer, such as uh, Man of Steel, uh, uh, shortly after that, The Wolverine, uh, Kick-Ass 2, that sort of thing. Um, So you're going to want to Mind Robbers Versus for that. And then, of course, there's our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we basically talk about everything else. If you like our shows, please review them on iTunes. Haven't gotten any new reviews in a while, so uh, I'd like to see some of those pop up. Do it. If you have uh, questions, comments, concerns, you can email those to us at podcast at mindrobber.net. But if you want to start a discussion, I recommend you go to the comment section to this episode, leave a comment, and uh, and then we can we can we can get a st- discussion going between uh, listeners and ourselves. Uh, and then finally, uh, tell your friends. Yeah, tell do them. that. Do tell them. Tell them. Do it. Um, all right. So before we get into this episode, which I which I imagine isn't going to be a terribly long discussion, uh, before we get into the background and significance of the Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit, um, I want to. I guess we should probably talk about the big news, right? Um, something. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, it's a thing where it's like. It's funny because I hear I see people like like bigger people like bigger like famous celebrity people that happen to be Doctor Who fans bigger than well, us. Well, yeah, we'll talk about um, the fact that that Matt Smith is leaving the show uh, and is going to be regenerating at the end of the year. And I'll look in their feed and like somebody will be like, "Uh, spoilers!" And it's like, "Um, mother, <laughs> come on!" There's a press release. Like, <laughs> there's a press release. Like, I, it's just I. I, it, it, that kills me. Um, there's no avoiding the fact that you're going to know when a doctor is regenerating. That's that's part of the charm of Doctor Who. It's um, been part- it's been that way since the beginning. Like, yeah, going just- back to the tenth planet, like that was the one where you can kind of figure out that something was going on. But even mm. then, everyone knew that Troughton was leaving with the War Games, and everyone certainly knew that Pert was leaving with Planet of the Spiders. They knew yeah. well before that was airing. So yeah. this is not a new thing. Right. Exactly. So it's not spoilers. Like it's just not. Um, but, uh, yeah, Matt Smith is leaving. His final episode is going to be the Christmas special of this year. Um, and, uh, as far as I can tell, I think we both agree that, uh, this seems to have come out of nowhere for everyone involved. Yep. Um, my theory is that he talked to Tenet and Tenet was like, yeah, man, three, three seasons and out. That's, that's what I did. 
Uh, that's that's what that's what my father in law did. That's what Troughton told him to do. And uh, at the at the anniversary special, no less. Right <laughs> like, on the twentieth yeah. anniversary special, Troughton was like, you know, just do three seasons and get out. And Davis was like, you know what, you might be right on that. And now, like thirty years later, yeah, like Tennant <laughs> did the same thing, and now and now Smith is doing it. And I really, I think that's what happened. I think while they were shooting the fiftieth, Tennant was like, you know, man, I don't know if you want to do any more than three seasons. Like I loved this show, but I still knew it was time to pack it up and go. And and I think Smith was just like, you know, you're probably right. <laughs> um, he's that because I mean, really, Matt Smith is at the top of his popularity right now. Yeah, he he would really he would have been insane to stay on the show any longer than he is. Yeah, um, yeah. because because then you're you're going to start getting into the law of diminishing returns, and uh, that's just that's just a bad idea. I mean, that's what happened to Tom Baker. Yeah, it's what happened with Tom Baker, and it even kind of is what happened with John Pertwee. I mean, like Pertwee should have left after season ten. With uh, with the departure of Joe and the Master, because the show, like, it's not that season eleven is a bad season. There's got some like Invasion of the Dinosaurs, Time Warrior, and uh, uh, Planet of the Spiders are all great, but you can tell that it's not. It's an echo of the show that was for the previous three for his the height of his powers. Yeah. So, you know, it is always better to go out when you're on your top, and like Pertwee and and Tom Baker are really the two that are like that because um, those guys were on for so long. Uh, those those two are the two longest serving doctors, at least on television. So, uh, good on I mean, good on him. I don't I don't I don't begrudge him the decision. I think that it's not if if he feels like he should leave, then he should absolutely leave. I don't want him to be doing it if he doesn't want to. The yeah. problem is that you know Moffat's kind of screwed now. Um, yeah, just because and I mean we've talked about this off mic, but Moffat, we we've said you've I mean if you've been listening to the show, you know we've been saying that Moffat. And Smith should be leaving at the same time. And I think, Mo- and you know, you posited this theory to me yesterday. But, you know, the theory is that Moffat signed on for Series 8. Smith made this decision. And then all of a sudden was just like, and, and Moffat had already been locked in. So now Moffat's totally blindsided by this and has, is like scrambling to find a new doctor. Totally caught off guard with his pants down and just doesn't know. Um, and it's kind of like, it's kind of a bummer like it's kind of it's a it's it's like a it's like a bummer for him because like i wonder how it's going to affect the show moving forward if this i think i i think my my theory is that um that because moffat i think moffat's scrambling now but i think what's going to happen is he's going to get this new doctor he's going to be really excited about this new doctor and we're going to we're going to have moffat through at least series nine that's what i think is going to end up happening because he's because he's going to say like, oh, you know, I was I was getting ready to leave, but but this new guy came in and I, I was so happy and excited about writing for this guy that I, I wanted to stay on. That's what I think is going to happen. Mm, see, I think I think Moffat knows that he's burning out um, and like, maybe no, I, this- I think. No, see, that's but that's what I'm saying. That's what, he hasn't cast the new person yet. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm saying he is burnt out now and he's scrambling now and he's probably nearing the end now. But it's as it's it's he was burning out with Matt Smith as a doctor. But I think a new doctor is going to give him a sense of new life, whether or not we will see a difference <laughs> is is totally unrelated to the fact that I think he will feel a difference. Sure. Like he will think that there's a difference and that he has breathed new life into the show and blah, blah, blah. And I think we're going to get stuck with Moffat at least through series nine. I, I really do think that. 
See, I think I think that that excitement will last this season and then be out. And maybe we'll maybe we'll be on a different. Um, maybe maybe we'll be maybe I'll be wrong about that. But that's what I think. Just because like the, the show, like just the strain of put of producing this many episodes is just showing. And like I don't I don't. I don't think that a shot in the I think a shot in the arm is the thing that's going to get him through series eight. Whereas I thought series eight was kind of going to kind of languish a little bit. I think that it's going to pick up for series eight, but I, I can't imagine him staying on. The guy's too tired. The guy's too overworked. Like it's yeah. just there's no I, I don't see it happening. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I liked your theory that he should bring in a co showrunner that he hands the baton to. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be that'd be really nice. Uh, <laughs> Toby Whithouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I just I, uh, I I I you know uh, regenerations. I mean it's 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 if I had a top five reasons I watch this show, regenerations would be in my top five without a doubt. Sure, sure. Um, it's just it's it's just this really cool concept that keeps the show fresh and keeps it going and. Uh, I'm, I'm ready for a new doctor. I'm ready for a new showrunner too, but we're not going to get that, but that's okay. We're just, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for, for whoever's next. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's, I mean, you're right. I mean, the, the regen is a great excuse to one, reboot the show. And two, how many other shows get to kill off your main character in a way that's believable, that doesn't sacrifice in its own way. Like Buffy. I mean, we love Buffy, but even Buffy killed off Buffy, what, four times on that show. Yeah. Um, in uh, Prophecy Girl, Nightmares, The Gift, and The Wish. So, like, you know, not, nothing's not even that kind of languishes, I suppose. But this, this is totally different. There's nothing like a regeneration because you're really watching this version of this character leave forever. And it's uh-huh. kind of sad. Um, yeah. It's, Super exciting! Like I, I mean, we thought it was going to get announced uh, on the day of recording, which is to, uh, which is today, but it doesn't look like it because they're not ready. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we'll see. And I'm at a point now. I mean, we were we were talking about this before, but it's like I, I don't even care what the doctor looks like at this point. Like there was a point maybe about three or four years ago where it's like I don't know, female doctor. I don't know. And now I'm just like, let's do it. Like I'm just, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so in a place where it's like, no, let's see what happens. Yeah, um, I'm totally ready for a female doctor. I just don't, I just don't want her being written by Stephen Moffat. Yes, yes. Um, so I want a thirteenth doctor to be female, <laughs> or 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 quote unquote fourteenth. I don't know. Whatever, um, we'll find out. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, I I I don't want Moffat writing the first female doctor. I just don't. So no, I want, no. I just want another dude this time. Uh, and then, and then, and then the next one should be a female. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yep. I'm, I'm excited though. Uh, hopefully we get an announcement in the next month or so. Cause I am, I am chomping at the bit. Well, they have to, cause they're gonna, I mean, well, not really, maybe not soon, but once they start rolling on the Christmas special, which they're rolling in August, I mean, yeah. we're going to know who it is by August. So, yeah. So by the time, by the time that the anniversary special airs, we're going to know who it is. So that'll be yeah. really exciting. Oh, that's so, that's so cool. So cool. All right. Well, um, okay. So that's, that's what we have to say about that. Obviously we'll probably, uh, talk about the casting announcement when that eventually comes up. But, uh, for now the show must go on and we're talking about the impossible planet and the Satan pit, which is the 10th doctor's second series story. Um, doctor and Rose, uh, what's the background significance? Yes. The impossible planet, the Satan pit, um, better known as the final story shot for series two of the new series, uh, of the new season show version. New who, um, <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Uh, 
<laughs> so, The Impossible Planet of the Satan Pit, uh, it's a two-parter in Series 2, written by Matt Jones and directed by James Strong. Uh, it's the last story shot with David Tennant and Billy Piper. This is Billy Piper's final episode to be shot, just because they shot Army of Ghosts and Doomsday when they shot Rise of, St- Rise of the Cybermen Age of Steel, just because they had to- Graham Harper and they wanted to do Cybermen. Um, mm-hmm. And it saves money. Uh, so this is this is the one that has the logline pitch of uh, the Doctor versus Satan, um, or the Doctor <laughs> versus the Devil, uh, and it's and and uh, Matt Jones is significant because he'd never written anything else. And Wikipedia says that he that it's co-written by Russell D Davies because Davies practically rewrote the whole thing from from scratch, which would not surprise me. Um, and uh, directed by James Strong, who would go on to direct such other greatnesses as uh, Daleks in Manhattan. Voyage of the Damned, uh, but he kind of redeemed himself, maybe, with Planet of the Dead? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, oh, he did Partners, Partners in Crime as well. Um, so he's, he's a fine director. He's a fine director. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that's kind of what this is. It's just a two-parter in the middle of Series 2, uh, and and the Doctor and Rose go to, a, go to a spaceship. And it's significant also because it's the first uh, Doctor Who story of the new series under Davies to... Uh, uh, not take place on Earth or in Earth's immediate vicinity, um, which is, I suppose, significant because a lot of people are just like, "Get them away from Earth!" And uh, uh, this, this is this is for you if that's the case. So um, that's uh, that's the impossible plan in the same bit, and uh, we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, uh, before we continue, this reminder that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase any paperback, hardcover, omnibus, or absolute edition at 35 to 45% off, plus new release specials at 50% off every week. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com, uh, coming in July, beginning in July, uh, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, all Doctor Who trade paperbacks hardcovers omnibuy uh will be uh 50% off. Ooh. until until the uh through the end of November. So um yeah, that's and that's really uh that's really just cuz of the show. So <laughs> yeah, so there you huh. go. I'll be nice. I'll, I'll be I'll definitely be reminding you guys uh when that sale starts up. So awesome. uh, yeah, get you can you can get all the all the Doctor Who related comics you want. Um awesome. Indeed. All right. So, uh, I, um, uh, I, not famously, but I, 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 not fam- I was going to say, I famously, uh, dislike this episode. Um, not famously, but you know, I, I'm not crazy about this episode. Uh, or I, I guess I'm known not to be crazy about this episode. I didn't really like it when it aired. I don't really like the idea of the doctor going up against, uh, Satan. Um, it was, it's, it's a dumb idea in my opinion. Says the um, guy who likes the demons. Yeah. Well, I love the demons. I don't. I. I. I that's different. Um, this I've seen robots of death. I didn't really care to see it again. Uh, done worser. Um, yeah. No. Don't like it. Boring. Boring. Love the set design. Love the look of the ship. Um, I thought that was really cool. I love how lived in it looks. Uh, it reminds me, the story reminded me a lot of Prometheus, mm. um, in a lot of ways. And, uh, so that was kind of interesting, but, um, I was just mostly bored. Like it was just a lot of like running around the ship, looking at screens and saying that things are going wrong. Um, 
And there's just, I, I just didn't get a sense of anything in this. It was just, it felt like a bunch of people playing spaceship rather than uh, an actual story for me. Um, I don't know. just doesn't do anything for me at all. Uh, hmm. There's a few moments I like. Uh, there's like a few quiet moments, like when um, the doctor is being lowered into the Satan pit and it's like pitch black all around him and it's just really quiet. There's no music and he's just talking and do his thing to the, uh, to the other woman. Um, like I love the little moments like that. Uh, obviously I love the Ood, um, but I think that this is absolutely the weakest they've ever been used. Um, that's the Ood are interesting because they're like the opposite of most things. Whereas like, whereas most things follow a rule of diminishing returns, the Ood are the opposite. Like they kind of keep getting better and better. Um, which is really interesting. Uh, I, I, uh, I just, I don't know. I, I saw Robots of Death, and that's all this is, just with the Ood and the uh, the added complication of um, Satan himself. Uh, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I Give me Robots of Death over this any day. Well, Ro- Robots of Death is really good. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not disputing you on this. Um, uh, here's my thing. I need to watch Army of Ghosts and Doomsday again. I'm overdue to watch it, because I haven't seen it in probably about a year and a half. Um, and I love Army of Ghosts and Doomsday. But watching this again, this is probably my favorite story in series two. Like, hands down, my favorite story in season two. Um, mm. uh, better than the Cyberman two-parter, better than Girl in the Fireplace, more than, I mean, I need to watch School Reunion again. That's the only other one that I can think of comparing. Um, but I love this beginning to end. This is everything that I want out of Doctor Who. Um, uh, because... Yes, it's a runaround, and yes, there's a lot of people dying, and yes, there's the ood, and yes, there's running through corridors and looking at screens, but beyond that, this is a story that is about faith. This is a story that is just quintessential science fiction. This is Doctor Who talking about uh, an idea and exploring an idea through themes and saying what those themes mean to people and that's what makes this love that's what makes me love this the idea is that yes it's the doctor versus the devil but beyond that one they never say that it's the devil i mean yes they do they they don't they yes really they do they yes, don't they at, do. the end, at the end of the day look at the end of the day this thing is whatever you want it to be i mean they say that's basically the devil, yes, but it's whatever it's whatever you want it to be. And it's just a discussion of faith and what you believe and how you believe it and how that relates to you. And the doctor, this pushes the doctor in such a way that it's like, anyone who says that David Tennant is not a good doctor, like in my opinion, just hasn't seen this or hasn't seen what I see in this because in this, he's pushed to the utter brink of everything. He is asked to go farther than he wants to go. This pushes him in weird places. He stands over the Satan pit at one point and has this great monologue about what it means to look over the edge into nothing and not know what it is and to be compelled uh, by your curiosity. And he says, I'm not going to do this. This is up this is up, this is me up against what I am willing to believe in and this is a guy who has seen everything and you know he summarily and and systematically has everything taken away from him he loses the TARDIS he loses Rose he loses the play, his he loses his safety net of the ship um, and all he has is one 
tow line and and he's stuck in this pit and he says uh do i take this leap of faith because i don't know if rose is okay and i know that i can't help her if i'm down here what do i do and he drops and then he has this wonderful confrontation with satan and says what do i believe i'm faced with this thing that is an impossibility this thing claims that it is beyond time the doctor does not uh understand that the doctor does not accept that and yet he is given proof of that right in front of him and he faces it and he comes out the other side a stronger person because the one thing that he believes in is his companion because he because he loves her and because he cares about her and the only thing for him to do is to trust that she's going to be okay and that he'll find a way out of it because he believes in something stronger than his own fear of this thing he doesn't understand. I think that that is beautiful. I think that that is amazing. I think that Doctor Who doesn't do enough stuff like this, honestly. This works in the same way that the long game works um, because the long game is also a... Um, a discussion of the media and what we choose to believe, but this goes farther than that. I mean, like this is basically dealing with the same thing as um, a friend of the show, Meg Staggs, pointed out: uh, uh, the God complex. But this is better than the God complex. This is something that is like it just deals with it on every level. The last line of this is: "We are the stuff of legend," um, which tells you, like, uh, isn't that make? Doesn't that make them on the same idea as the same level as the idea that? The devil is a concept. The devil is a thing that is not to be understood. That's what this story is talking about. And every it's in every scene. It's watching the Doctor and Rose believe in each other that they can settle down and have a life because they don't have the TARDIS anymore. It's watching him take the leap of faith. It's watching Rose uh, fight for the Doctor regardless of anything because she believes in him more than anything. And that's what this is. And this is amazing for it. I can't I can't say enough good things. This is this is. This is genius. This is this is real genius, and it's one of the best things that the Davies era ever produced. Uh, period. It's just it is. Um, I disagree completely, but that's okay. No, I, and that's fine. But like, I don't like I don't I don't understand. Like, you and I talked previously, and I don't know if we talked about this on mic, but you said that it's weird that this is a two parter, and like. I'm just looking at this story, and if this was a one-parter, I would not like this nearly as much. Like, I would, this is, like, if you throw this into something like the Moffat era, you compress all the air out of it, and you tell it in 45 minutes, this is not as compelling. Because all of the things that I love about this are not the things with the Ood, or the running around, like, yeah, the Ood's, the Ood's great, but it's about the moments of quiet. It's about these moments of people talking about what they believe, and what they, what they think, and who they are, and it's like, this is what the Davies era does. This is what the Davies era means to me. And this is what uh, this show in this point in time is really exceptional at. And it's amazing that this got, you know, that this is, I mean, I think that it's amazing that this is as good as it is. Cause on paper, I'm like the doctor versus the devil. I don't know if I like that, but like, this is just, this is pushing it in, in so many different ways. And like looking at it, it being a two parter, like just allows the tension to build, like watching it go like, yeah, it's slow, but it's very methodical in the way that it lays out its plot and the way that it lays out its story and how it just you watch the sequences unfold. Watching watching the Toby character fall into the into the into the thrall, I suppose, of the devil and be possessed is really it's a it's a good sequence, I think. Because at the moment that at which he stops um believing that everything's okay the devil is allowed to possess him and take over and he dies um and all of that is like i mean it's just 
it's it's great. Like I I don't need a Doctor Who story to rocket along at the pace at which Moffat does, or even the ra- the race the rate at which some Davies does something like Tooth and Claw. Like I this is what I want. I want something that doesn't need to rush but can be a taut thriller um, that can do things in a way that is impressive and building and and really 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 great like i don't i don't i don't see how you don't like this i really don't understand i just don't get it i don't i don't like it at all no i get i i hear you i'm just saying i don't get it (laughs) okay (sighs) yeah no i don't i don't like it because i just don't think it's good i don't see any of the things that you're seeing like i think you're looking way into this and that's fine that's fine like i'm glad that you like it uh, I just don't see what you see and, or I'm sorry, I see what you're seeing. I just don't take it as seriously as you do. Um, that, and that's, I, that's fine. I didn't take name of the doctor as seriously as you did. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, this is, this is, uh, if doctor who was this every week, I wouldn't watch it. If doctor who was this every week, you would never hear me complain about it yeah. ever. No, ever. I wouldn't even watch it. That's that's insane. Like I don't, but see, I don't, I don't get it because like you, like there's this thing where it's like we watch something like The Rings of Akatan, right? We watch The Rings of Akatan, and you're like, I just want a sci-fi story. Like this is sci-fi. This is pure sci-fi. I see. I don't. I don't see it as sci-fi at all. But it's sci- like science fiction is putting people into crazy, insane persp- like situations and seeing how humans react to them. That's sci-fi. That's sci-fi. I don't agree at all with that. Um, because if that's if that's the case, then like Harry Potter is sci-fi, and that's not sci-fi. Fair enough. I <laughs> maybe I went a little too far. This is okay. Let me let me rephrase. There is a thing that I was reading on uh, uh, Phil Sandifer, who's like my favorite person. Um, uh, he has this Doctor Who blog called Tardis Rudatorum. If you haven't read it, I've, t- I've talked about it before, but if you haven't read it, you need to. Everyone needs to. Um, where in his entry on the Mind Robber, he talks about how science fiction is um, uh, about people's relation to objects and how humanity interacts with objects, whereas fantasy is a discussion of how humanity interacts with symbols. Um, and. Looking at something like the mind robber, the mind robber in that definition of science fiction and fantasy firmly ensconces Doctor Who as a fantasy series. Um, and yeah, it's 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 still a sci-fi show. You still have you know time travel and space travel and aliens. But this show constantly plays around with this idea of symbols and what things mean. And like this is just an extension of that. Like I was watching this and I was like comparing it to Evil of the Daleks. Like that's how good I think this is. Like I don't think it's as good as Evil of the Daleks, but Evil of the Daleks talks about the same sort of things where Evil of the Daleks is talking about symbols and what things stand for and what things mean. It's it's dealing with the human factor versus the Dalek factor, which is something that you can't understand. It's an intangible concept. And so too this uh, the devil in this is a is a concept that is not to be understood it is a it is a it is a concept it is not an object by the time that you you meet him like or come face to face with this giant devil beast the devil beast is is hollowed out it's a shell it's what it means to you and like that's what i want from this show like that's what i want from dr who and this comes from that exact school and this show doesn't do that very often i don't think um 
Um, or at least the new version ha- doesn't do it that much. And if it does, it hasn't been doing it lately. So watching this, like this is just this is just everything I want from the person who likes the mind robber, from the person who likes Evil of the Daleks. Um, and I just I I love this. I've seen this episode like five or six times, and I like this more than I've liked it previously. Like this is mm. this is standout. Like this is just standout. I got to the end and I thought to myself, thank God I never have to watch that again. Well, I'll watch it every time that you don't, so that's great. <laughs> that's great. I mean, like, but, but that's, I mean, that's what this story is. And I, I'm sorry you don't see that, and I'm sorry you don't get in as much enjoyment from it, but I'm shocked that I like this as much as I do. Because um, this is, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. It's just so brilliant. It's so, so brilliant. Mm. Okay. I mean, I, I, I wish I had more to say, but like, I, I don't, cause I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to argue with your opinion. Like, I'm very happy that you like it as much as you do. I'm, I'm glad that this is for someone. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just not that person. And I, I mean, I like the thing where he trusts his companion enough. Cause like, that's a thing you would never see in the Moffat era. You would never see Matt Smith's doctor be like, Oh, uh, I don't. I can do this thing because uh, I trust that uh, Amy Pond or Clara or whatever is going to figure it out. He would never do that. He would never do that. Um, and I miss that concept. So I do like that. And there was a lot in here where I was like, "Oh, that's that's why I liked uh, uh, Rose and and, and Ten. Um, I still prefer Rose and Nine, but I was like, that's what I saw because like I." I'm not for sure, but I almost feel like the last time we watched them was, uh, was, uh, what the, the, the Cybermen two-parter or idiots lantern. Yeah. It was one or the other, but either way, like I, I mean, I remember watching idiots lantern and being like, Oh my God, why are they such jerks to everybody? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and here I was like, Oh, okay. Like that moment where they first land and they're like, he, she, he was like, oh, the TARDIS is acting weird. And she's like, well, we could always get back on. And then they just laugh. Um, like, I like I like that stuff. And so there's, like, a lot of little moments in this. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't care about any of the crew of the ship because I don't get to know any of them. Uh, other than knowing that they're, like, they're just established that, like, the captain is a captain guy. That's it. That's his only personality trait. He's a captain guy. He's a leader. And then you have the old, old, older guy who's like, yep, nope, I am, a, I am a man on a mission. That's who I am. Like, it's just all these two-dimensional characters. And, I, and then, like, the, the, uh, the, uh, the guy with the long hair, he's just like, yeah, no, ood, whatever. <laughs> who cares? And I'm just like, when's that guy going to die? And I'm like, oh, right, of course he's going to be the one to live because he's a jerk. So obviously they're gonna let the jerk live because uh, where's 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 the uh, where where's the uh, pathos in 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 killing the guy that's a jerk? Um, so like I you know like I just I just saw all the moving parts and I just didn't see any depth to any of them. Um, and I just it just doesn't this isn't what I want. This isn't what I want. Like if I'm gonna drop in on on a crew of people. For two episodes, I want to get to know them better than I got to know any of these people. Like, the only one that I felt like I really got to know at all was the woman who goes down with, uh, with the doctor. Yeah, Ida. Uh, yeah, Ida. I got to know her a little bit, but, like, everybody else was, like, just a two-dimensional, like, just cardboard cutout of a person. 
um, it, you know, taking a role. Like I, I felt like I, I, I felt similarities like this to me, like watching this, I was like, if you combined, uh, robots of death with the, uh, with the, uh, uh, uh the ganger two parter, that's what this is to me. Um, and I just, it's, it's just, it's not what I'm interested in. If I'm going to, if I'm going to hang out with these people, like I want to get to know them. And I feel like I didn't know any of these people. See, I get, I get that. I, I get not getting all the characters, but I feel like by the end, the guy who's the, um, uh, I guess, I guess it's Danny, the one who is the Ood, uh, watcher. Like he's the uh, guy yeah. who's in charge of the Ood. Like I, you're right. Like, of course he doesn't die. And of course he's a jerk. And of course it's like, it's like that. Um, but I think that like the stuff with the captain who I like that actor, I forget his name or, or captain Zach. That's his name. Captain Zach, who is played by, uh, uh, Sean Parks, who's, I think is just really great. Um, uh, he was in, he was in the mummy returns. That's literally why I like him. Um, <laughs> uh, I, there's a moment in it where he goes, uh, where they're, where they're walking, they're walking through the, 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 uh, the maintenance shaft, I suppose. Which is a total send-up to aliens, which I don't care. Because um, it's cool. Uh, where he says something along the lines of, good luck, or be careful. Where it was just like, where it was just like well, this guy's not a douche. Like, he's not just some leader guy. And I, and I, I mean, there's stuff like that. It's all in those quick moments. Like, yeah, they're not all perfectly sketched out, but they are mostly cannon fodder. Like, but that's all Doctor Who stories anyways. Like, the only person who, like, did it better is like Robert Holmes and even then Robert Holmes has his own stock characters that he kind of plays with and that's not bad I mean I, I like all of Robert Holmes' stock characters but like you know the characters who walk away from this are Toby who is the guy who plays S- Satan um Zach the captain and uh Ida and uh the guy who's in charge of the Ood uh, uh Danny and Oh, I don't. I don't feel like I get all of those characters in like a purely three dimensional way. But Doctor Who doesn't always do that. Those characters fill a particular role, and they serve that role to the best of their abilities, and it's fine. I mean, that's what this show does. And I feel like we had this exact conversation like just a couple, like just a couple months ago, maybe. And I was on the exact opposite of this coin as you. So I guess it just works in different ways for different people, but I guess I I I can accept two-dimensional characters when they aren't stock characters. Like that's that's my problem. It's like no, you're not you're not wrong about Robert Holmes, but Robert Holmes never writes a stock character. And I feel like these are all stock characters. You've got fearless leader guy, you've got scummy like like just scummy uh, slave driver guy that's just kind of creepy. Then you've got uh, the woman, who's literally just the woman, and then and then you have uh, uh, the the traitor, and then and then you have the veteran. You know, and it's just like they're stock characters. Like they're they're they don't offer anything new to these roles, and that's my problem. Is like I'm fine with two dimensional characters as long as you don't give me stock characters. But I've seen these movie the, these same characters in almost every ensemble action movie I've ever seen, <laughs> and that's why I don't like them. Like that's why that's why it annoys me because it's like at least if I understand that that's what happens in Doctor Who. Like I get that. Like I watch horror movies. Trust me, I know all about cannon fodder. 
But my my issue is the fact that like we're we're just getting generic versions of these. We're getting stock characters. We're not getting we're not getting anything new. There's nothing about these characters that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I mean, like, but I didn't I didn't feel that or notice it, so I I can't really defend it. I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I I get you. The one other thing that I wanted to mention. And maybe you'll disagree with me on this um, because you didn't like it. Um, but I really liked the the voice of the beast, and and the whole time I'm watching this, and I mean I was liking it more than you. And I was like, I was like, who the hell is this guy, and why is his voice so good? So I looked it up, and I was like, oh, he's played by Gabriel Wolf. And I was like, well, that explains everything to me because Gabriel Wolf was the voice of Sutek in uh, Pyramids of Mars, and I'm just like, oh, that's why his voice is so good. I mean, uh. I do think that he's better in Pyramids of Mars, but like he, like his voice is arresting in this. Like I thought it was yeah. so good. Um, I, I was, like the voice. I I, yeah. I I just don't like what the voice represents. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just that's that's me. Um, no, I get you. I get yeah. you. Uh, so yeah, I think he does a really good job, um, given the role that he's having to play. I just wish the role didn't exist. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I guess what it is, is like, when you tell me, okay, so the doctor is going to, uh, go up against this thing that may or may not be the devil, but like, my problem is like, they they run the balance like they 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 run that that tightrope of like like this is the you know uh, judeo christian satan versus this is just a creature that looks like and might be based on or might the judeo christian uh, satan might be based on this creature you know mm-hmm. they run that line between these two things where for me, like Doctor Who isn't about running that line. Doctor Who is about saying, no, this is a creature that that thing is based on. Like, and they, because they run that line, like, it's just not the show I'm interested in seeing. Like, I'm fine if Doctor Who is just like, yeah, so this thing, uh, it looks a lot like Satan because this is what people saw this thing and was like, whoa, that's scary. That should, that looks like the scariest thing that's ever existed. And then they sort of built the dark half of a religion based on it. Um, Mm -hmm. like that makes more sense to me. That feels more like Dr. Who than being like, is it? I don't know. Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't like that. I just don't, it just doesn't, that's not what I want from Dr. Who. Sure. I, I hear you. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, it's like I think it goes farther than Judeo-Christian. Like, this thing says that it's all of them. Like, and, and, and then it becomes, and, and that's a problem. I don't. Why? I just, why? Be, because that's just. I doesn't make any sense. And it's just why not? Because it does. Because it doesn't. No, but look at the look at it this way. Look at it this way. <laughs> Compare the story of Noah in the Bible in Noah's Ark, right? Which is the story of Noah builds this raft and raft builds an ark. <laughs> And there's this flood, and the flood wipes out all of the sinners and all of the evil that is in the world, and God says, I'm never going to do this again. Greek mythology has exactly the same concept. It has the exact same concept of uh, there was a massive flood, and these people got on a boat, and they survived by being on a boat while there was this massive flood. And it's like uh, different concepts are born from different sort of ideas and concepts and this is just saying that your concept of evil your concept of of sin or whatever whether it's judeo-christian whether it's 
Muslim or Hindu or Norse mythology, Greek mythology, Egypt mytho- Egyptian mythology, whatever you want to deal with it, it all stems from this creature. And this creature is something that is outside of the Doctor's understanding because it is older than the Doctor. It is older than the Time Lords. It is older than time itself. And it is all manifested in one idea, this thing that is chained to a wall in a cave on a planet that is orbiting a black hole. Like, that's what it's saying. And it's just saying, well, why can't it be from this? I mean, it's all completely made up anyways like it's all completely made up it's not saying that this is actually satan satan himself could have been a spawn of this thing that landed on earth and said i'm gonna do this like that could be what satan is this is saying that this is the progenitor of all of those creations it's no different than creating davros and saying that davros is the father of the daleks like it's no different than that i mean slightly but from a from a no it's it's totally different because when you look at davros like, da- Davros is saying, like, I created the Daleks. There's no question in the air. Like, this is being all wishy-washy because they can't just say what they mean because it's religion. So they have to dance around it and be like, oh, I don't know, maybe, blah. And, like, you never actually get a straight answer. And I'm not interested in that. Why not? Why can't you just answer it for yourself? Because that's not a Doctor Who story. That's, 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 that's something else. Like, I don't know what that is. I'm not... I'm not interested in that, in Doctor Who. Like, I'm just not. <laughs> I'm not interested in, uh, like, that's... Ambiguity. I'm not, yeah. That's that's a Damon Lindelof movie. That's what this is. Yeah, and I love Damon Lindelof, so I love this. Yeah, no, that's not what I'm interested in seeing. I, in, in this, I don't... I, I don't... No. No, I don't want this. <laughs> it's a reason why I hate the ending of Lost. That's that's fine. Although I don't think that the ending of Lost is nearly as ambiguous as you make it sound out to be. I don't think it's ambiguous at all. So, well, you probably don't think this is ambiguous either. I I really kind of don't see. I mean, it says that it's the <laughs> progenitor of all evil. It claims to be that, and you can either accept that. Doesn't that. make any sense. Why? Why doesn't it make sense? Because like, it makes. What does that makes, even mean? It, what does that mean? Explain that to me. How does that make any sense? I created evil. So this is what? This is wh- how does it create all evil? Well, how do, I mean, how does that even in, happen? If you believe in any sort of god, you can make that argument. I mean like it's the same thing where it's like where it's like, well where did god come from? How does that make sense? Well, it doesn't. It is outside of our understanding. So too this thing is outside of our understanding, but you have to take what it says at face value. And if you don't take what it has at face value, then you know nothing. Much like at the end of Memento, if you don't take what Joey Pantoliano says to uh, Guy Pierce, like if you don't if you don't believe what he says to him, if he does, if like John G, if John G says uh, John G says, oh, this is what this story means. If you do not accept what John G says to Leonard at the end of Memento, you know nothing about that movie. Like. You have to accept what he says, at least on some level. And so when this says that I am the progenitor of evil, then you have to at least accept that. And if you don't accept that at all, you're not going to like this. But you have to say that this thing is not lying on at least some level. There is proof in the text here. The the first thing that they see when they get outside of the TARDIS and into the room is they see markings that are untranslatable. How do you explain that? You don't explain that. The doctor says that this is something that predates the TARDIS, that the TARDIS cannot translate because the TARDIS, because it predates what the TARDIS is capable of understanding. That is proof right there that what you're dealing with is far outside whatever it is that you are able to understand or believe or that goes out of this 
box of understanding of the universe. And what this story is doing is saying, when you get pushed outside of your comfort zone, what do you do? That's what this story is saying. And that's when it says, so when it says, I'm the progenitor of all evil, you have to at least accept that on some level or you're going to hate the whole thing. So like, and it's all made up anyways. Like this is all completely fictionalized. So I don't see why it would be like super difficult to at least try to wrap your head around that in some level. This is a massively evil thing that was totally, you know, important at some point. This was a thing that needed to be chained up to a wall. Um, and that's not saying that it necessarily is the progenitor of all evil, but certainly some evil, certainly some evil thing that is going to be released. Like it is something like that. So, I mean, like, it, it, that's kind of what you have to do. And I, if you don't accept that, then you don't accept that. But, I mean, it's a story about faith. It's a story about faith and what you take based on belief that – based on proof that you see in your life. And this is uh, – that's all this is. So, I mean, and I'm sorry that you don't see that. And I'm sorry that it doesn't work for you. And I'm sorry that it's not, like – it's not a thing that works for you. But I'm so glad this story exists. I'm just so glad. It's such mm. a – wonderful piece of Doctor Who and a wonderful piece of television. Um, we've argued enough, I think. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't... Well, my I guess my problem with it is just like, I, I just... I don't want supernatural, unexplained things in Doctor Who. I just don't want it. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I don't see how you can explain the land of fiction. Well, I guess you can't explain the land of fiction. Yep. Um, I guess you could. Yeah, you can. But I don't. You, you can explain a lot of things. Like, you know what I would have loved is if this, if, if there's been like some weird like, like let's do. Uh, uh, you know what? I would write a sequel to this story where this is somehow involved with the land of fiction. Then I can explain it away, and then I'm fine <laughs> with its existence. The problem is like the questions that it leaves, and that's not what I want from a Doctor Who story. I don't turn I to Doctor Who for questions. I turn to it for answers. I know ironic considering the title of the show, but and because it's a completely fictional television show. Yeah, I, that doesn't. I don't really understand where that where the merit of that argument comes from. But okay. Well, I mean, everything in this story is made up. Nothing in this story is real. That's what I mean. R- okay, that's true for any story. What's your point? yeah? So 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 not accepting something because it doesn't have answers is, is, is hilarious because all the answers to all these questions that are made up is just completely made up. You can do whatever you want with these answers. You can but do it, whatever you want with what they're saying. Mm, no. I just... Well, you could say that about any Moffat finale. I don't understand sure, what the difference could. is. You could. You could. You could say that about every Moffat finale. Unfortunately, the Moffat finales don't make sense from a uh, character or emotional standpoint, whereas this is thematically rich with stories about faith and what you believe. Not religion. This is not a story about like religion, organized religion. It's a story about what you believe and how you interact with the tenets of your faith when you're faced with them, which is, I mean, based on something that I'm working on right now, something that I'm deeply, deeply fascinated with. So, hmm. there it is. Okay. Hmm. Well, I'm glad I never have to watch it again. Um, okay, so uh, wrapping it up, uh, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS, the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you can get from a local comic book shop. You can place your orders three months in advance for monthly discount specials up to 75% off and regular discounts 40% off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. You only pay 6 95 in flat rate shipping, so thanks to DCBService.com. Um, well, next week, uh, the wheel in space. <laughs> Good luck. 
Yeah. Good luck. Good luck, everyone. Good luck. Um. Yeah. So that's that's next week. That's the second Doctor. Um. So yeah, Wheel in Space. Uh, what do we got on the other side of that? On the other side of that, uh, Ark of Infinity, which is a fifth Doctor story, uh, and we'll be talking about the fifth Doctor uh, ebook, um, Tip of the Tongue, which is really exciting. I'm so excited for that one. Um, and then after that, uh, Death to the Daleks. Good lord. Uh, <laughs> God. Uh, who made this schedule? Uh, third Doctor, third Doctor story about Daleks. It's not very good. Uh, and Galaxy Four. Which is a then Do- Galaxy Four, which is a first doc- first Doctor story, the third episode of which was recently recovered, um, and is it is basically the first Doctor era Verity Lambert being ridiculous me- mediocre, and then the key to time, which is going to be daily for six days, and uh, we all kill ourselves. Um, so, <laughs> uh, and then and then wrap and then coming up on the other side of that is uh, Love and Monsters, which I saw the trailer for, and I was like, ha, that episode. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm. I saw that trailer and I was like, mm, I'm ready for that one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's such a oh, weird. I, it's just a weird episode. It's just a it's, weird. It's super weird. <laughs> it's super weird. But I, I can't wait to see what the heck we do with that discussion. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's what we got coming. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Twitter.com/slash Scott Corelli. Uh, also, Scott Commentary, where I might live tweet things from time to time, um, though I'm really busy, so get off my back about it. Um, <laughs> at least until July. Yeah. Well, even then, like, once we hit July, then we have a bunch of stuff to do, so. Yep. Uh, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com, so just in. Also, my alternative to comment, twitter, comment, uh, twitter, com, slash Scott, GD Commentary, where is where I live tweet stuff. Um. Uh, that's where I'll be live tweeting the OC when I get around to the OC uh, sometime in August, I think. Um, it'll, be, <laughs> it'll be really, it'll be really, really great. Um, but in the meantime, before I get to the OC, I have to watch uh, season six of Mad Men, season one of Hannibal, season two of The Wire, and um, uh, three more episodes of House of Cards. I don't know. Plus whatever we're doing for this show. Plus uh, verses. Plus everything. I don't know. Like Scott said, get off my back too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then make sure you check out our other podcasts, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about lots of things. All of those shows that, that Matt just listed, we're going to talk about all of those in upcoming episodes of this month on The Mind Robbers. Then, of course, um, The Mind Robbers versus uh, where we're, we're starting to wrap up Batman and Superman. That we pod- are not even close to wrapping up those shows, by y- the way. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Oh, I was looking at the list. Yes, we are. We're only we really? we're only twenty five episodes. That's five weeks away. I guess that, I guess that's true. Yeah, that, yeah. There's no way. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Um. So we're not getting to Batman Beyond until August, but I guess it is almost halfway through June, isn't it? Yeah. I guess so. Hmm. Um. So uh. So we're we're getting close to wrapping that up, and then also uh, be subscribed to that for our Man of Steel discussion, which will be popping up next week. I'm sure we'll remind you next week with uh, the Wheel of Time, which is the next time you'll hear us talk about Doctor Who. Wheel, probably. Wheel of Space. We're not covering the Wheel of Time. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Wheel, and Wheel I'm space. not going anywhere near that book series. <laughs> Wheel of Space. Sorry. You know, that's like, that, Look, that series is like I had 50-50 odds. <laughs> <laughs> that, series, that series is like 12, 13 books, and each book is like 1,000 pages. Oh, my it's God. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm okay. Not well, wheel in space. Yeah. 
That one. Um, no, that's, a, that's an eleven thousand. I'm looking at it. It's a twelve thousand book series. Our uh, page book series. Wow. Like, no, thank you. That's obnoxious. No. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>